It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. This is another edition of Frontline Fridays with my very special guest. Actually, you almost, I think you've elevated past guest to co-host status, actually, at Frontline Fridays. Okay. Bridget, Bridget oh, Gleason. Uh, Andy, if I'm co-host, then I should, we should be able to turn the tables periodically. Don't you think? Sure. Meaning what? <laughs> I ask you questions. I like how you answered. You know what I appreciate? What's that? I appreciate that you say yes, and then you ask, what does that mean? I like that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, go along to get along. What can I say? Yeah, go along to get along. I go like along it. Go along to get along. So uh, I thought we'd talk today about, yeah, this is, we're at the end of January. And one month of the year has gone by already. And it's a good time for a check-in. If you're a sales manager, it's this is a, a good time. A little bit of a gut check, actually, time. So, yeah. you know, in some cases we see sometimes a little panic setting in. and So, where do you like to be, you know, sort of like after the first month of the year? I mean, how do you like to be positioned? Okay, well, first of all, the panic, the panic comes, the panic could should come much earlier than the end, than now. So, the panic should happen a month ago. So, for me, I like... I like to get all the panic out of the way at the end of the year. And then like the first, the end of the year, here's what I always tell reps, Andy, and you can tell me if this was consistent with your experience mm -hmm. and advice, is as you get closer and closer for those companies that end their fiscal year also in December, you know, reps have, as the weeks go on, fewer and fewer deals they were, they're closing. So you know, the last two weeks of the quarter, I would always get, or in the, end of the year, I would get reps that are, are saying, you know, I don't have anything else that I think is going to close this quarter. I brought them all in. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Because that's when they should be building. I love, I love hearing that in some ways, especially if we're where we need to be. Because then you start building. The building really should start towards the end of the previous quarter. So at the end of January... I like to be well on my way to kind of where I need to be for the quarter. So that's sort of the short term. And then as a VP of sales, I need to have the, I need to have the structure and the outline and the skeleton of what the year is going to look like territories and hiring and ramping and, sort of all of that really pretty well. I like to have that pretty well set mm -hmm. so that I can be focused for the next 11 months. Time goes so quickly. And I just, I really like to have everything set up pretty well by the end of January. Well, I, yeah, I agree on that. I, one of the issues though that I, I see with companies that is, and managers is a problem is they get toward the end of the year in December, you know, think about last month. Maybe you know, some people just didn't 
perform the team on the team didn't perform as well as they should have. Um, and a lot of times you see managers sort of say, well, and they sit down and talk with the rep and the rep's saying like, yeah, you know, next year, different story, it could be better. And instead of making the hard decision they about who are the keepers and who are the not keepers, they sort of let them roll over to the next year and sort of start the whole thing over again. And so for me, it's not been uncommon to you know, work with a company and get to the end of January. It's like somebody's sort of regretting the fact they hadn't made decisions back in December they should have made. Yeah, I think that's that's a little bit of a hard one. Just because sometimes at the end of the year, you're really trying to just you're so focused. Like I think about myself as you're talking about that. I'm 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 so singularly focused, more so than other quarters, because it's the end of our year of making sure it's a good year. Mm-hmm. I I put off I put off those personnel issues. I don't always. Um, in fact, I've made I've made lots and lots of hard decisions the last month of the quarter, last month of the year. But some of them do slip through just because I've got I'm, I'm focused in other areas. But my strong recommendation is if it doesn't if these hard changes aren't made at the end of the year, then as early as you can make them, you want to make them. You, you don't want to you you want to make sure you're going into the year with the team that you want to be in the boat with you for the year. And if you know somebody really isn't that person, I think it's kinder for everyone all the way around to to have that difficult conversation. Yeah, and that conversation really needs to be had back in October, November. Because you're going to yeah. know. You're going to know at that point whether the year's going to turn out well. And, and so as part of what I recommend is, you know, to avoid finding yourself in that situation where you, again, slight unease, maybe a little bit of panic setting in. You get to end of January. You're looking at your team and thinking, yeah, this isn't really the, the optimal team composition. Yeah, don't put yourself in that position. You know, if you have those conversations back in end of October, early November, end of the year is pretty clear what's going to happen in most cases, right? I mean, there are instances where perhaps things change, but you pretty much are going to have a, a track record for the rest of the year from the, excuse me, the beginning part of the year up to that point, maybe even a prior year. Yeah. Don't, don't repeat those mistakes. I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. You don't want to repeat the mistakes also in sales we have the benefit of numbers and all kinds of data where you can identify if something's not working. It's, it's, it's so clear cut if we look at the data, or it can be very clear cut. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the other thing I think is someone was talking, maybe this was last year at a conference about feedback and millennials and, I think it's true for everybody, but millennials in particular, they're not looking for feedback every year or every six months or every quarter. They're, they're, they're looking for ongoing feedback. And I think if you get in the habit of providing ongoing feedback, like you said, in October, 
October, November, if you've been having those conversations all along, this isn't working, and you make that clear, then the difficult conversation, the final conversation, isn't actually as difficult because you've been having that conversation. Right. Yeah, and I mean, to their credit, for millennials, is they're just <laughs> they're they're expecting what we would have expected if we if we had if we had spoken up in our generation, right? But we were too cowed by managers to do that, so we accepted the fact we we're only getting feedback once a year. I mean, in terms of a f- formal feedback and appraisal, I mean we got coaching more frequently. But um, yeah, it absolutely makes sense. It's, this is what you should be doing as a coach. Is you should be engaged on an ongoing basis, and it shouldn't come as a surprise to people. Right. Shouldn't come as a surprise. Sometimes it does, but if we're doing our job as managers, it should not come as a surprise. Yeah. So the other thing, to the point you had made earlier, that that I want to see in January is I want I want successes. It doesn't necessarily mean closing a lot of deals. I mean, it could be closing some smaller deals. It could be achieving some critical milestones. But I want as many people on the team to put themselves in a position where they're experiencing success at one level or another so that their, their confidence is high. And, you know, this is something that, you know, managers can, can help. They can coach, they can keep people focused, you know, perhaps they're working on bigger opportunities. They can help them, you know, understand what the smaller victories are within that and celebrate those, make sure people understand, you know, that was an achievement, move on to the next stage of the deal. But, yeah, you want to keep your team. It's really important for me, I think, is to keep the team really motivated, pumped. Yeah, maybe things aren't going 100% well, but you know, pick out those small successes. Let people build on them. Let them build their confidence heading into the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about the best ways to do it. I agree with you that that confidence is so important it's so important that they have confidence and they feel good about going into it. And so giving, giving reps opportunities to excel is great. And sometimes you can do that internally in a, in a kickoff or we're doing as we do ongoing sort of training sessions, giving various reps opportunities to showcase what they're really good at, whether it's prospecting or giving a demo or doing qualifying calls or presentations or objection handling, but allowing them to be the expert Mm -hmm. can also be a way to help boost confidence. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And again, really important at this stage of the year that you are building people up because a year is a long time. A lot of, lot of water is going to go under the bridge. And the team, I say this, you know, it is a team. Selling is a team sport, increasingly a team sport. Everybody's got to be feeling good about what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's hard, like you said. It's a long year. And to keep people motivated, you don't need to keep motivated through the ups, but you definitely need to keep them motivated through the downs. And you and I've talked about this and it's, it's something that I definitely believe in, which is, you know, I, I, I can't motivate another person, but I can provide an opportunity where a motivated person can be successful. And there are things that I can do to help encourage someone's internal 
um, sense of motivation to be mm-hmm. stimulated. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's where the responsibility is. Someone that is sensitive to it and uh, wants to be motivated and wants to work hard, I want to make sure I provide an environment um, that really facilitates that. I'm listening to Angela Duckworth's book on grit. Mm-hmm. And in the chapter I'm listening to, she was talking about how um, great salespeople are often made, not just salespeople, she was just players, great performers, whatever, whatever the field, are often made by the team as opposed to, okay, I get really good at something and then I go join a team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Having a great team can create a great player on that team. And it sort of speaks to me to the point that you're making about creating this environment. And we can all help each other get better. I I want to have a great team and a place where people get better because they're on this team. Exactly. And, I, and a lot of that comes from, in my belief, is from you have more people to be accountable to when you're on a team. And, and I don't mean accountable in the sense that you know, people are, are um, you know, checking a list to see whether you did something. It's in the sense of, hey, we're all in this together and I don't want to let them down. Yeah. And I think that yeah. that is something that that is a powerful spur for people to improve and to get better because they're wanting to you know please just not their boss but they're not wanting to let down their teammates. You know cuz you know complex sale lots of people have a role to play. And you want to play your role to the the max because you want to see the team succeed and you want people to think that yeah you're a valuable player on the team and maybe when they <laughs> there's another team made either at a, you know at this company or somebody goes to another company. We know how careers work. Is yeah, they'll bring me along to that great new opportunity. And that they're people I want to work with again, mm-hmm. because well, working yeah. with them, yeah, made me better, and I made them better. Yeah, and to really to strongly identify with that that team and that culture and that company, and like you said that. Yeah, I really care about the other people, and it's important to me that I'm a contributor. Right. Yeah, I think that the motivation part, developing motivation, at least in my mind, yeah, people have to come up with motivation themselves, but one of the things that I I think they find motivating is, especially in the team environment, not letting others down. And they see that, I mean, you see that in sports teams, you see that in the military, you know, and read about significant games or battles that were fought or, you know, engagements, uh, military engagements. One of the things that often comes to the surface is, yeah, I, I, I did this for the team. I didn't want to let my comrades in arms. I didn't want to let my teammates down. It's this very powerful driver. I feel like that. I told you I'm, I'm working for this, this company in Tel Aviv, blogs.io. Mm-hmm. I feel that in spades. I don't want to let the team down. I don't want to let the people, I don't want to let the co-founders down. I don't want to let the executive team down. I don't want to let my managers down. I don't want to let my sales, the salespeople down. Like I feel so committed to this group. And I think it's important 
for people to recognize that this feeling of not wanting to let other people down occurs at all levels. It's not just, oh, I'm a sales rep and I don't want to let my manager down. Managers often feel the same responsibility going the other way. I don't want to let my, I don't want to let the people who work for me down. Mm-hmm. I don't want to let my peers down. So it's a, it's a mesh as opposed to a hierarchy. Well, you're getting technical. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I'll back up. No, that's fine, that's fine. I get it. All right. Well, so let me digress for a second. We were, again, talking about, here we are, end of January. So what you know, has sort of inspired you in the first month of the year? Was something you've read, something you've, you know, somebody you've met? I mean, what, what's been key for you so far? Okay, well, I'll tell you something. You know, I'm always reading. So I'm reading right now um, Angela Duckworth's book on grit. Mm-hmm. That's a really inspiring, for me, that's a really inspiring book that it's, it's more than intelligence that makes the difference. It's this quality of grit and sticking with something and hard work. And I guess that really resonates with me because I come from a family that's super accomplished and I'm not an idiot, but I have always felt like, oh my gosh, my sisters are so much smarter than me. They, they're like, they get better grades than me. So I think I grew up with this complex of, God, if I can only be a teeny tiny bit smarter and just recognizing that it's not a level playing field. Okay, so it's not a level playing field. Intelligence does matter, but we can do a lot to level it by our own persistence and hard work. And I just think that's a great message for everyone that we have we can do a lot to control our own destiny. That really resonates with me and is very inspiring. In that book, Grit, yeah. Well, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say the other thing that is that happened at the end of the year is one of my managers, um, and I'm not recommending this. So I'm not, I'm not recommending this, but I was touched by it. Mm-hmm. it I, I'm, I'm, I'm a relatively new VP there. At the company, oh, I am right? new at right. the company and she's a director and end of the year. And we've got some big deals to close out. And she is a, she's a worker, this one. She's a worker. She's one I can count on all the time. She's just, she, she works morning, noon, and night. I mean, she's so dependable. She's an amazing, also sales person. Just, she's really good in the deal. And I knew that she had not had a vacation in a while, and she was planning a trip, I think, to South Africa, where she's from. And I had asked her clo- close to the end, maybe two weeks before the end of the quarter, end of the year, I said, aren't you taking a vacation? I thought you were going to South Africa. And she never said anything to me. She never asked about it. She said, you know what? I just felt like I needed to be here, you know, to close out the year. You were new. I just want to make sure you have a really good, that this is a good year. And so I'm going to do it at a different time. Hmm. And I just was touched, Andy, by she didn't, there was no drama there was no guilt like, okay, I'm canceling my vacation. I'm going to bring it in for the team. Everybody look at me. Everybody look. See how I'm the martyr? She didn't say a word. She wouldn't have brought it up. 
And just, I mean, to me, that's just, it's dedication with a capital D. Mm -hmm. She thought it was dumb with a capital D that she ended up doing that. We ended up having a great, like some deals closed before the trip was even going to happen. But um, I guess the thing that was inspiring to me was just this lack of drama, a lack of heroism, a lack of I'm the martyr, look at me. It was just a quiet determination that she's going to do what's necessary to bring it in. And that does, like for me, when you talk about not wanting to let people down, boy, she's one I don't want to let down. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> there is sacrifice required in many professions. I mean, sales is not <laughs> certainly not even at the top of the list, perhaps. But uh, there are occasions, again, because it is people do depend on you. There is a team aspect to to what we do that I think is oftentimes overlooked, and that perhaps being one of them is that sometimes, yeah, little sacrifice is called for. Now, we've talked about in terms of people sacrificing some of their, their personal time to improve their skills, improve their craft, you know, read that book they might not have, listened to, not have read or listened to or listen to that podcast that they should be listening to just to you know, have something coming in their head every day that's new and, and different. Um, so, yeah, so sacrifice is, is part of the game. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. And just the sacrifice with no martyrdom attached. (laughs) I really appreciate because I grew up in a family where there was a fair amount of martyrdom. So I'm, I Um, I like it when expressed martyrdom, expressed martyrdom. There wasn't really, I mean, we, I had a good life. If only you knew what I was doing for you. Well, you're just telling me what you're doing for me. Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, exactly. There was a fair amount of that. So it's, um, it's an attitude that I'm very familiar with. So just to have the, the absence of it, um, it was striking. Well, see, I'm, I grew up in the Midwest. We are a family of Stoics. You know, we, <laughs> everybody kept everything very close to their vest. So <laughs> it's just the opposite. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah. It's like and that, <laughs> those things never really leave you as, as uh, spouses and partners would attest. Absolutely. That's right. As much as they would like them to leave you, they That's don't. Right. Yeah. We just want to talk. Can't you talk? <laughs> yeah. I said something. Well, no, you said yes. I said, well, <laughs> what else do you need? What else do you need? Yeah, that's right. What else do you need? I've gotten much better as I've gotten older. At that. So, okay. Uh, okay. So we start to cover that. So first of the month of the year, Pay attention to what's going on. Get some early successes for your team. You know, if you have something that carried over from last year that needs to be resolved, take care of it. Resolve it now. Don't let it carry on. Don't worry about the, we've talked in the past about the sunk cost effect. Is, you know, don't let the fact you've invested in, in something that, that isn't likely to turn out. That could be a person or a project. And that's the other thing with your pipeline. We didn't really talk about that. You know, Look at the pipeline because there's certainly pipeline carryover from year to year. You know, if the decision wasn't made at the end of the year and you're expecting it, you know, which of those deals are realistically going to close in the first quarter or are they gone? So take a hard look at everything. Okay. Bridget, as always. Andy. Fantastic. So 
uh, we'll be back next week. Friends, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us today. And uh, yeah, until next Friday, this is Andy Paul. And Bridget Gleason. Looking forward to talking to you next week, Andy. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.